0: Seeing
1: Red Podcast. That's right, that's right. Is another edition here of the Seeing Red Podcast. My name is Troy moriello and I am your host as always, bringing you up to date and up to speed on all things St. John's basketball. And we're a bit out of character tonight. We're a bit uh, deflated. We probably don't have the uh, emotion. And intensity of past weeks, and that's unfortunately because uh, the first time, for the first time this season, we are uh, coming on after a loss and doing a little rapid reaction here uh, to the 76 to 71 loss to Villanova earlier tonight. Uh it's a game that St. John's controlled much of the way once again and uh was was kind of floundering down the stretch unfortunately against a very good opponent in Villanova. You know, nothing against the two-time or the defending national champions and the two-time champions. Um but yeah, a disappointing performance for St. John's down the stretch. And uh we are here to break it down though, so it won't just be me. Fortunately for you guys, uh, I'm going to give my thoughts really quickly here and then we are going to welcome on Uh, someone from MullinsManiacs.com to the program and we will uh, we're going to talk a little bit about their uh, new website that they have for St. John's fans and we are going to uh, break down this game a little bit more in detail as well you can head on over to MullinsManiacs.com though at any time and you can hear the latest episode of this podcast actually so we're going to do a little bit of a uh, of a cross promotion with them so they're going to have our podcast on uh, on their website and they'll come on the show a little bit as well so it's a, a nice thing there so definitely check them out mullinsmaniacs.com I know they just kind of uh, revamped their website a little bit I'm not exactly sure uh, who from Mullins Maniacs is, is going to be joining us but we will have someone uh, you know in the next couple minutes so just uh, stay tuned for that that's, uh, that's how we'll break down the the game a little bit more in depth, but you know my quick thoughts. Uh, like I said, it just it feels eerily really similar. To the Seton Hall loss, and um, you know a lot of the same problems that existed in that Seton Hall game, unfortunately, existed in this one. You know St. John's it, it kind of played to the same tune of of that game. St. John's in that Seton Hall game got off to such a fast start. I think it was eleven to two in this game. It was uh, twenty to seven. St. John's got out to that big start. So both games St. John's was hitting shots early, playing great defense, getting turnovers, hitting shots, and um, both games their opponents kind of got back in. Both games St. John's controlled, though, much into the second half or, you know, a good portion into the second half. And then, unfortunately, both games, uh, their opponents kind of threw a punch and landed and uh, knocked St. John's over. Obviously, that Seton Hall game, a lot you know more of the blame can be placed on the, the officials. This game, I don't think the officials were that bad. The officials were not the reason that St. John's lost this game. They certainly did uh, the Red Storm no favors. But, you know, this this is a self-inflicted loss for St. John's, a game that they controlled. Um, you know, I, I just tweeted out, this is a game that, you know, there's no reason to overreact. Like I said, Villanova has won two of the last three national champions. They are the defending champions. I know that it's not the same team, but it's the program. And, you know, Villanova, as I've said a couple times in this podcast, until someone unseats them as the class of the Big East, they're the class of the Big East. So while this would have been an incredible win, and it's a game that should have been a win, it's no real reason to overreact but at the same time this is not a moral victory this is not time for moral victories we are you know two years past moral victories at this point and we have a right to be upset when this team loses a game that they we feel they should have won you know there are no more rewards for uh close calls there are no more rewards for valiant efforts because frankly this team is too talented to you know be rewarded for playing a close game because this team should be in in a game with anyone in the country you see it you know they're they're a top 25 team at this point maybe not for long but they are a top 25 team so we're not going to give you know there's no deficiency of talent anymore uh on the saint john's roster up and down but you know in this game the like I said, I don't I don't think that this is any reason to overreact. I think that it is, you know, not going to be an addendum for the rest of the season. I, I really do think, you know, that this is it's not gonna lead to any long losing streak. I, I think that this is just one game where Saint John's failed to execute down the stretch and Villanova did. You know, you knew uh, even when St. John's got up by five with four minutes left, you knew Villanova was going to throw one more punch. At some point in those final four minutes, Villanova was going to throw a punch. It happened to come right after St. John's took a five-point lead. Uh, Phil Booth hit those two three-pointers back-to-back, and St. John just had no response. Uh, the offense was stagnant, and you can blame that on, on multiple things. Uh, first of which is fatigue. I, I'm not really sure as to why uh, I'm filming this right after the game, so maybe uh, Chris Mullen explained. In his, uh, in his post-game press conference, but I'm not sure why only, you know, really six guys played for, for uh, St. John's tonight. Uh, C.D. Cater really didn't play at all, and, and Greg Williams didn't see the court at all. i uh, not really sure as to why that was. You know, they've been going with an eight-man rotation for the last couple of games, and it seemed to work pretty well. But, you know, I don't think that it's any coincidence that they only played six guys and those final 4 minutes the ball wasn't moving guys weren't moving cuz they were tired Villanova has a deeper bench than St. John's Villanova wasn't tired um so that I think that's really the main culprit of this loss is I don't know why the bench was not opened up to allow our guys to not be you know uh, huffing and puffing down the stretch there and obviously they were a little bit uh, thin with the uh, LJ Figueroa injury but I I don't know why um, there was not any more than six guys played. I don't know why C D K barely played at all. I don't know why Greg Williams didn't play at all in this game, and they went to the six-man rotation. You know, you can have the most physically fit team and the most well-conditioned team in the world. If you play six guys, and, you know, we saw this uh, with the last tournament team, and the last ranked team that St. John's had in 2014-15, if you play six guys, it's very tough to you know, not be fatigued and not be tired in the end. And Villanova is a deep team, and they saw that opening and they pounced on it. And they pounced right on it, and they went for St. John's throat in really the one opportunity that they got uh, down the stretch. But yeah, uh, there are some things to like in this game. Obviously, it wasn't all bad. Obviously, St. John's controlled it the whole way. That's a concerning trend. That the two losses now, uh, they have controlled really for, uh, you know, three quarters of the game really in both of these losses, and they were not able to execute late. But, you know, like I said, if, if Shimori Pons isn't hitting his shots down the stretch and he wasn't in this game, it's still going to be very tough for them to win games, to be honest with you. If, if if they're in a close game and Pons isn't hitting his shots, and it doesn't happen often, but when it does happen, we've seen it happen twice this year now against Seton Hall and against Villanova, and they've both been losses just because they need him. You know, as good as the other four starters are on this team or the other four regular players are on this team, if Pons is not hitting his shots down the stretch, the whole offense goes through Pons at the end of the day. And I think he needs to be hitting his shots. And when he's not like tonight, the offense becomes stagnant. It doesn't help, obviously, that they were, you know, only playing six guys in this game. And, um, yeah, it's a disappointing result. A five point lead with four minutes to go and it's a it ends up being a a loss and you know not really even the closest fashion villanova kind of controlled that game in the last minute or two um but yeah it's a loss at the end of the day it's it's almost the same you know it feels like almost a 20 point loss because of the lead that they have and because of how good they looked for a majority of the game but it can be a learning lesson uh this is certainly going to be some adversity and now we'll we'll see how they respond in their next game against the ball. But for now, we will uh, we will try to make a little bit more sense of that. And, you know, aside from some general thoughts, we'll try to get into a little bit more of the actual game breakdown now. We will talk to uh, to Mullins Maniacs now. We're going to talk to them a little bit about their new website, and then we will break down the, uh, the 76-71 loss for St. John's. So stay tuned, guys. I hope you enjoy it. Okay, we're now joined by the two guys that are the creators of MullinsManiacs.com. Uh, we're doing a little bit, as I mentioned at the start of the show, we're doing a little bit of a collaboration with these guys. They have a very uh, cool website covering St. John's basketball, and uh, we're doing, they're promoting us, so we're going to now uh, return the favor and promote them a little bit, so you can check out their website, MullinsManiacs.com. Uh, guys, thank you for joining us. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so uh, disappointing loss. Obviously, I know you guys. You guys weren't at the game, right? You were. At, I'm guessing you guys were watching at a bar or something. <laughs>
2: So we were actually at the watch party, the official one in Forest Hills. So oh. uh, probably about 30 of us there. So shout out to everyone who was able to make it there. It was a good time, but obviously a tough loss at the end of the day.
1: Cool, yeah, I'll have to get out to one of those. I saw you guys were uh, were promoting it. So definitely something cool that uh, that you guys are doing there. But, yeah, disappointing loss. Obviously St. John's kind of controlled uh, the tempo of that game, just kind of controlled the, the general game for a while there. Uh, last four minutes really fell apart there. Uh, you know, just your thoughts on the game there.
2: Yeah, you know, we got off to a great start out of the gates. Um, that, you know, everyone was thrilled with, um, you know, the shooting. Obviously, we got red hot from three. Um, I knew it probably wouldn't last. Uh, unfortunately, we went to the bank too many times, as I like to say. So, um, you know, we really didn't drive to the hoop. Um, you know, Nova had a better game plan. Ultimately, you know, they were kind of chipping away. We had. I believe it was three, It's not four times, where we had a 10-point lead, maybe more. Uh, but we did, unfortunately, give it away at every opportunity. So, um, tough loss. You know, Nova's a great team. <sighs> give them some credit. A um, few questionable calls there, but, you know, we're not going to say it's all on the refs. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, given what happened with the last game, obviously... You know, very tough to swallow, but we'll move on from there and a lot a lot of learning to do.
1: Yeah, let, let's talk about the leads maybe that the you mentioned there. They had, I think it was three times that they had a double-digit lead in this game. You can kind of look at it as a gla- glass half full or a glass half empty in that every time that Villanova threw that punch at St. John's to get back in the game, St. John's threw another punch obviously they didn't at the very end of the game but you know throughout the first 35 minutes it seemed like they were doing a nice job of responding to those Villanova runs so how do you guys look at that do you look at that as you know a nice job by St. John's responding to these Villanova runs or not a nice job because they let Villanova come back every time
0: I mean, credit
2: to Nova for weathering, you know, everything that we threw with them. Um, I do think that we kind of stuck with a similar game plan. I did hear Mullen saying, um, to be fair, you know, in the huddle, we need to drive. We need to drive. So I was happy to hear that he was actually telling them that. But unfortunately, um, you know, they they drove a few times coming out of that timeout, but not enough. Um, You know, we didn't get enough free throws. Um, I do think Pons could have gotten a lot more free throws, could have gone to the line all day. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if he would attack the paint a lot more. But unfortunately, I think we got a little bit too happy with the three. Um, And, you know, we just couldn't pull it out, unfortunately, by the end.
1: Yeah, and like you said, I mean, 35 three-pointers is just, you can't do that in a game. And, And, you know, only eight free throws. That's really the reason that they... I mean, there's a couple of reasons that they lost, and we'll get into them. One of them is just too many threes. You know, you, you can't shoot that many threes and expect to win, and you can't only get to the free-throw line eight times. Like you said, it just shows that you're not really attacking the basket at all, which is something that St. John's does well. Every, every star that they have can attack the basket.
2: Right, totally agree. And I, I just think that we would do better with a more balanced attack. Um, you know, you saw Nova they were driving to set up the three and they were taking good threes. They were open, you know, they were making them, they made some tough ones as well. Um, but for us, unfortunately, you know, we were settling for threes. Um, you know, we would drive every once in a while, but we just went back to, you know, what we were doing in the beginning of the game. Um, and you know, you you can't make them all game. Eventually you're going to go cold. And, um, you know, like I said, credit Nova, tough game, away game. Um, so, you know, we're just really hoping that they can bounce back against
1: DePaul. Yeah, and, and you know, sticking with this one for a second, I think that there's a couple of reasons why this ended up being lost. Obviously, the late-game executions number one, but number two is probably the cause of that late-game execution, and it's the fact that only, what, six guys really played in this game for St. John's? Because C. Decada only played, I think, five minutes. Greg Williams didn't even see the court. Uh, do, do you have any idea as to why I, I wasn't, I didn't see Mullen's press conference at all. Do you have any idea as to why they only went with a six man rotation in this game?
2: So I don't have any information on that, but um, I do agree that was curious on Mullen's part um, that Cato was not in, that Williams was not in. I think that Williams is one of those players that could really be an X factor, especially late, like you were saying, when we have some tired legs. Um, You know, I I think it was pretty clear that we were running out of steam. And, um, you know, unfortunately, Mullen did not put him in. Um, So, you know, hopefully he does play him more going forward, because I know that was a big issue last year is, you know, we just kind of ran out of steam, we were in games, but we just couldn't get that, you know, knockout punch, so to speak. So, um, you know, I, I do wish we saw Williams today. I do think he could have contributed, Keita as well. Um, you know, he, he has a lot of size. Um, you know, his skill needs some needs some fine-tuning. I think he could have at least disrupted some of those Nova shots.
1: Exactly. I think that Kata, he he can, you know, be a factor whenever he's on the court, no matter the opponent. Um, but yeah, I just don't understand the, the, uh, the thought process there. And I think I, I try to be objective of Chris Mullen. I think he's actually done a very, very nice job. and I've seen some definite, definite improvement in his coaching style, uh, you know, from really from that last year to this, but you know, the not extending the bench really, really bugs me and the, the late game, you know, not calling a timeout there not trying to set up a play. The one possession that just killed me was the uh, the possession where Justin Simon just held the ball for about twenty five seconds, I think, and then just forced up a shot. Uh, that can't happen, you know. If you're gonna be a, a tournament team, if you're gonna be you know a team that's gonna you know finish in to the top half of the Big East, that type of play, those type of plays in the, in the end of the game just can't happen, in my opinion.
2: Totally agree. I mean, we love Simon. He's such an athletic player. There's not many more more athletic than him, but. Um... You know, unfortunately, he he's had some issues finishing at the hoop lately. So, um, you know, I don't know if that could be addressed in practice. More reps, possibly, at the rim, trying to finish those bunnies. Um, but, you know, just hopefully we could get a better game plan going forward. Get more fresh legs, and uh, you know, just come out with the same intensity that we came out this game against the Paul. Because we can't afford to go into any lulls with
1: this type of conference. We just can't. No, I agree. I agree. And it's really a shame for Justin Simon. You know, he had a very nice game, 13 points, six rebounds, nine assists. He played a very, very nice game. But I think that there's going to be a little bit of a sour taste in his mouth and the fans' mouth mouths after that. Uh, the end of that game, you know, the execution in those last couple of uh, possessions for him. But, um, yeah, I mean – you guys were—I saw you guys were tweeting a little bit about the referees as well. Do you wanna? Do you wanna uh, expand on your thoughts there? Because there, there certainly were a couple close calls there, like you said in the beginning. And I'm—I'm I'm happy that you noted that it, it, the referees did not cost St. John's this game like they did the Seaton Hall game, but the referees were were certainly made some questionable calls uh, down the stretch. So uh, what's your what's your take on that? I guess if you want to expand.
2: Yeah. So on Twitter, you know, again, we don't wanna come off as saying, oh, you know, it was all the refs. Obviously, it wasn't all the refs. The refs did not cost us the game. Um, But, you know, it was a factor. This is a really tight conference, and you know, when you're playing games this close, they do matter. They do change the momentum. Um, we listed some, the one that really stands out to us was the missed goaltend. Um, you yeah, know, we yeah. had a goaltend, uh, called, I, I believe it was against Keda, which was the correct call. It was a clear goaltend. So mm-hmm. that was fine. Um, but the goaltend against us, that was not called really seemed to break our back. And I believe it led to a booth three. Um, and that, that just really seemed to change the momentum of the game, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we, we don't want to get that, you know, reputation for having, uh, you know, Sour grapes, saying it was all the refs. It wasn't all the refs. You know, we, we didn't change up our game plan at all. That's why we lost. We kept going to the bank. We weren't driving. Um, but there were some calls, like the missed goaltend, the Heron chop uh, on his forearm that wasn't called. I thought that was pretty clear. Uh-huh. We also noticed there were two... Uh, WWE style clotheslines <laughs> on St. John's players where they ended up on the ground. Those were in calls. Um, we also noticed Gillespie, you know, had the ball on offense, you know, kind of threw an elbow into him. You know, a little bit iffy. That's probably like a 50-50 call, but still frustrating, mm-hmm. um, as well as the clock issue, which, um, which was just insane to see. After the Seton Hall game, and you have the same guys coming in, and, you know, I think they ran six or seven, uh, maybe even more seconds off the clock than they were supposed to. I believe they fixed it, but, um, you know, just to see another clock issue, quote-unquote... Um, <laughs> You know, it was just kind of uh, nailing the
1: coffin after this game. Yeah, I don't think it's really uh, sour grapes. I mean, you know, you know, you you weren't, but you know, when those were the same officials as Seton Hall, all obviously. So you do have to, uh, you know, it's a big factor in this game. That's a big storyline of this game that those officials didn't, you know, didn't really play a hand in this game, but but had some sort of an impact in it. The other one that kind of bugged me was um, the final possession for Villanova when they were up by three, and they uh, they missed the basket. They got the rebound and. The shot clock was winding down, and it was a dumb play on Brian Trimble. Don't get me wrong, to to get up in um in uh whoever who was it that shot the free throws to get up in his face and foul him. There was a dumb uh, play by him with one second left on the shot clock, but it looked close like like that. The shot clock may have run out. I don't know. Maybe I'm just I'm throwing that out there and I'm being dumb here. But it, I thought that they were going to at least like look at that. I didn't even see a replay that that the shot clock was running down. But you know, overall, a dumb play by Brian Trimble there, who who played a nice game, hit a huge three. Uh, not the smartest play though. Uh, you know, with, with I think nine seconds left to, to do that and one second left on the shot clock from him.
2: Right, totally agree. We did notice that play as well. Um, you know, we, we were so close that, it, you know, it's so tough. You go into Nova, obviously, always a really hard game on the road. Um, you still have to consider them the class of the league until proven otherwise. Um, so, you know, we, we just have to make sure that we handle them at home. And, um, you know, that's why that Georgetown game was so huge. And, uh, you know, taking down Marquette at home, we had to handle our business there. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, tough one to swallow, but you just hope that we could, you know, pack it up, take the same intensity going into the next game.
1: I, I agree. I really think that now we're going to learn, you know, just as we learned after Seton Hall, uh, how this team can respond to adversity. We're going to learn again. You know, DePaul's a team that is improved from the last couple of years. But still, DePaul at home with a couple of days rest now, that should be a win for St. John. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll stay tuned there for Saturday. But, um, yeah, let's get into your, uh, your website now. You guys have uh, MullinsManiacs.com. You've been around for a while, correct? This is not like a new website. It's just kind of revamped for
2: about two years or so. Um, we we really started as Storm the Garden. That was our original uh, Twitter name. So some people out there, you know, might remember that name. Um, kind of a funny story. We got contacted by MSG lawyers shortly afterward, <laughs> once we started to kind of take off a little bit. Um, you know, we were printing some T-shirts with the logo on it. A lot of people were uh, They did trademark the garden, so... Uh-huh. You know, we we did get a friendly call from the lawyers there. They asked us to take everything down, and, uh, you know, they were pretty cool about it, though. They said they want us to still come to games. They're glad we're big St. John's fans. We just have to change our name. So, um, you know, we were able to keep the Twitter page, thankfully, so we just had to go back to the drawing board a little bit and, uh, you know, decide what we should name it. So we came up with Mullins Maniacs.
1: Mm-hmm. And now let's let's talk, uh, you guys obviously have a couple new features on the website. So, uh, you know, where, where can people go? What, what are some of the new things that you guys have uh, going on with the website for this season?
0: Yes, um, on, on our website, we pretty much wanted to have, this is Joe, by the way, the other half of all his
1: Okay, no Sorry. problem, man. What's up? <laughs>
0: uh, we wanted to pretty much put everything about St. John's basketball in one place. So we have Twitter feeds on every single page regarding to each topic. We have headlines that you can click on for the most for the most up-to-date up to um, articles. We have podcasts, like like your very own, uh, ours. We have standings, we have rankings, the fan zone, which is ran by our uh, very own student section, the Red Zone, watch parties, 1870 court, and our most important, our forum. We wanted to make a place where every single fan can come and post as they please. All you have to do is go to our page and click on the forum, and we have um, topics such as Johnny's Hoops, recruiting news, the East discussion, tickets, off-topic, and media. What really sets our forum apart from a lot of people's is our chat feature. We have up-to-date instant messaging chat with a group option, so during these games, fans can come out and post to each other virtually up to the second about the games
1: yeah and i think that's definitely a cool feature i mean you, you look at the st john's fan base very opinionate, uh, very opinionated obviously and uh you know they take to twitter uh very frequently but hopefully they can uh they can will uh, shift over a little bit we'll see some sort of a a shift to you guys that's that's a great idea for you guys now uh do you guys are you guys organizing these uh sort of meetups too because i know i would certainly be in, uh, interested if i'm in the area of going to these uh these meetups maybe to watch some games so uh what's the deal with that do you guys organize those or no
0: that are organizing it. it there's a uh, there's a person at the, that's with this with a school called Stormwatch Headquarters. Okay. They're, they're, they're the official watch party um, people that set set everything up. Like tonight, we we were just at, at one at Cobblestones, and it was very very successful. We are trying to push that. So what everything that we're doing is, we're trying to push everything that the school is doing such as the fan zone, the watch parties, the 1870 court. We just wanted to put everything into one place where every fan, if they didn't have Twitter, if they didn't have
2: Instagram, could come to and see all this information in one place. And just to kind of piggyback off that, sorry, this is uh, the other half of Cullens Maniacs. So just quickly going into the philosophy behind, you know, the Twitter page, the forum, everything, uh, everything like that. We noticed with St. John's basketball, there's a ton of fans out there. There's a lot that are, you know, kind of underground, so to speak, they haven't been out in a while. Um, You know, unfortunately, we haven't been the most successful program in the better part of 20 years or so. Um, We wanted to bring all fans together under one group. Um, You know, there are other forums out there, some seem to cater to different demographics. you know twitter obviously has more of a younger demographic so what we wanted to really do is take everyone saying you know regardless of age or um you know viewpoint perspective opinion we want everyone aboard and uh you know we really just wanted to unite the fan base and that's why we added that to our mission statement
1: awesome yeah uh, and uh, you guys are obviously doing a very good job of that uh you know ex- expanding the, the uh, website and it looks very good i've been there a couple times so uh yeah i uh Hopefully, I'll, I'll run into you guys maybe at one of these meetups too that we can that we do, and uh, you know, you guys can uh, talk to me a little bit more about the website. But yeah, thank you guys for uh, for coming on today. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you for helping me uh, break down the game a little bit, and uh, I'm excited about this little partnership that we have going. I uh, I hope that you guys can join me maybe again, and we can do a uh, another kind of roundtable discussion. I like this.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having us, and uh, you know, we'll definitely continue to feature you. So hopefully other fans get on board check out the podcast check out the website and um you know hopefully get a johnny's win at the poll, and you know keep everything
1: going here yeah let's hope and uh so these are the guys at mullins maniacs no uh you guys are what at mullins maniacs on twitter correct
2: Yes, we have the Twitter page, at Mullins Maniacs, and uh, we actually have the website link on the Twitter page. So that's MullinsManiacs.com. The forum is within that website. It's on the top right. You just click Forum, and uh, you can sign up. Everything's totally free. And, uh, you know, we hope to get a lot of fans on there discussing games.
1: There you go. All right, Bill, thank you guys for coming on again. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll talk to you guys uh, again soon. All
2: right, man, we appreciate it. Thanks for having us. All right,
1: have a good one, guys.
2: YouTube.
1: Okay, welcome back, and uh, thank you again to the guys over at Mullins Maniacs and MullinsManiacs.com for coming on there helping me break down the game for a little bit. Uh, I wasn't exactly sure who was going to come on from them, and they we ended up in two guys coming on there. That was a nice little pleasant surprise. They did a really cool job there. I thought that was nice, um, them helping me break down the game there. I thought they did a good job breaking down the game as well. And, yeah, they reached out to me yesterday, wanted to uh, help promote this podcast, and I'm happy to help promote them as well. You know, St. John's fans sticking together there. So, uh, yeah, hopefully that, that's going to be the start of a little uh, synergy between – that website and this podcast, but definitely check them out if you haven't already. They're over at MullinsManiacs.com, as I said, and they're on Twitter. Yeah, and uh, go on those forums. I checked those out a little bit today. Really cool, cool things that they have they have going on there. They're obviously already pretty successful and doing a good job. So uh, check them out for sure. But just to end out the show, my closing thoughts. Um, if you remember, and I tweeted this after the uh, the Georgetown game you know, the Villanova game, I said, I think it was like almost like icing on the cake or it's just gravy. And you know, it's hard to think that, that it is just gravy because you really want that win, uh, when you're playing as well as they did tonight and when you don't get it, you're really upset. So you, you kind of take some time to step back and think, well, at the end of the day, if you remember when we spoke with Zach Braziller, uh, the, the plan was to be two and two after the stretch, no worse than two and two. And at the end of the day, they are two and two. So, You know, with how great we felt after that Marquette win, how terrible we felt after that Seton Hall loss, how awesome that late comeback was against Georgetown, and how disappointing and as I so eloquently tweeted, how disgusting that loss was tonight down the stretch. You know, all that factors in it evens out at two and two, and we really haven't learned a whole lot about this team. Obviously, we've learned that they have some moxie and they have some fight in them, but at the end of the day, they're no better and they're no worse really than we thought they would be after four games or that we hope they would be after four games. So we're going to learn a lot about this team now going forward. The schedule does ease up a little bit. A couple home games now and a winnable game on on Saturday against Paul. So we'll see how they respond there. Obviously, the last time that they suffered a tough loss, uh, they responded with a dominant win. So we'll see. The crowd, you know, it's going to be rocking. So we will... Uh, We will see that one. Uh, There will be no recap on Saturday, but I'll probably have one out next week at some point. But, uh, yeah, until then, disappointing loss, but, uh, you know, not the end of the world for St. John's still 14-2, and still near the top of the Big East, still the most talented team in the Big East. They will be fine. And I hope everyone has a good rest of their week. Hope everyone shakes that loss off if you're going to work right now. And uh, enjoy the rest of your week, everyone. I will be back next week with another episode of the Seeing Red Podcast. Thanks, guys. Go Johnnies.